Now we're recording. Can you start by just telling me your name and your title? Uh, Peter John Stroud. I'm a mister and I'm an engineer. Um, here in the Dunn School? Yes, yes, I'm based in the uh, facilities workshop and I run the maintenance and uh, construction workshop. Fine. Um, now, you, as far as the history of the Dunn School is concerned, you've had mm -hmm. a very interesting origin. Can you tell me about that? Yes, I came here by accident. My father used to run the workshop and I finished my A-levels. Oh no, I want to go back further than that. Oh, further than that? I'm told you were born here, is that correct? No, sorry. Is that not true? No. Oh. Seems like it. But your father, but do you, your father lived in the flat on the, on the site? No. Did he not? He no. didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've been completely oh, misled. Oh, who told you this? Yeah. Oh, it was oh. one of the very first people I spoke to. Okay. But your father, your father did work here at the Dunn School. He ran the workshops. He ran the workshops. Yes. Yeah. So, so you were aware of the place while you were growing up. Oh, absolutely. And did you come yeah. here as a boy? Um, yes, he used to he used to come and sit in his his office, and um, while he was working at weekends, and uh, occasionally let me watch him machine things. And I was intended to work for BMC as a car designer. That was my ambition. Mm, mm. At Cowley. Cowley. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, how far back do you want to go? Yeah, yeah as far uh, back as it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so I came here when I was seventeen uh, during the school holidays to basically help, and uh, and I stayed. <laughs> <laughs> My father retired. Must be twenty years ago from here. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've recently well the. The workshop's totally changed now it used to be. It used mm -hmm. to make lots of things. Well, we'll get into that, but let's just keep chronological oh, okay. for the moment. So, when, uh, so which I, year would that have been when you came so here? So I came in 72, I came in 18, actually, when yes. I started. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, so what, what made you decide to do that rather than trying to get an apprenticeship or go uh, to I enjoyed it. Uh, at that time, we, we did lots of machining, we mended things, we designed things. So I was asked to design some electrophoresis and the difference then to now is you can pretty much buy everything you want. Yep. Um, in the early days, you couldn't. Yes. And the academics wanted things made. And electrophoresis was just about making its mark then. But of course, no firms were making it. Mm -hmm. And um, so I used, to, I used to design the, when my, uh, in the evening, I'd go home and design an electrophoresis rig. And the next day we'd come in and make it and make the power pack, because you couldn't buy power packs. So, so that explain was... Explain a bit more about how, so what was a, uh, why did you need a power pack? Why did, so this is just, uh, electrophoresis. for the people who don't know the background, you can't well, just plug it in. The early days of electrophoresis, yes. um, it's basically a, a plastic tank. And to run DNA, you need to put in the, we needed 5,000 volts across it. Right. You can do it with 50 volts these days. But um, and some of the tanks were enormous. Um, and so my job in the, when I came part-time, um, because I enjoyed designing things, was to design the tanks and, and help the electronics guy design the power packs. He'd make the power pack, um, the mechanical guys would make the tanks. And then I couldn't decide whether I wanted to spend the rest of my life sat at a drawing board at the back of BMC's design studios and maybe in 40 years time might be a drawing board at the front of the studio but of course 
Well, I didn't know then. The fact that it all go, it all go CAD, go electronic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In it, at the time, you you designed things with a, a ruler and, and a pencil. <laughs> and I, having spent the whole of the summer in the workshop, and had a great time. And the and the guys I was working with were so helpful. They they just they were just so keen to show mm. me what they were doing. Mm -hmm. So who were and the other people in the workshop at the time? Um, so we had a carpenter called Ken. Um, we had an electrician called Brian. Uh, two machinists, Brian, another Brian, and a John. An electronics guy called Ricky, who was ex RAF. Um, and between them, they they spent time with me, showing me what they were doing. And which is probably why I've become the complete engineer. I can do anything: mm, mm. design, make, mend, uh, electronics, or mechanical. Mm. So, did you learn everything on the job? Had you done any technical drawing or anything like that before? Uh, you? Yes, in fact, I was at Oxford School, and I should have gone to Cheney Technical really because um, my father being an engineer um, was quite keen for me to carry on the tradition but my mother wanted me to go to grammar school and I can't afford the system <laughs> <laughs> because they let me do engineer drawing instead of German and was, I'm still the only person who has a, an A level in engineer drawing and metal work as well as physics, maths and all the others I'm still the only person who, who has an engineering and mechanical mechanical um, idol. From Oxford School? Oxford School. Yes. Yep. And um, we didn't really want to carry on doing art, but I carried on doing art and got an A-level in art as well. But if I'd gone to Cheney Tech, uh, I mean, everyone did that sort of work. Plus there wasn't really a very good machine shop, so I did evenings at the um, Cowley Road Technical Colleges there, which are now flats, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. and. So with the help of the guys in the workshop and doing night school and day release, I've managed to become an engineer who can do electronics, electric, uh, mechanical machining. Mm, mm. And you picked up some qualifications along the way? Uh, yes, I've got lots of sitting guilds and an HNC, but I decided to stop. I've got the HNC, that would be enough. On reflection, I should have carried on and got a degree because uh, I would have opened more doors. But, so the workshop originally was on the site of the EPA building. It's a massive workshop. Because we had to make so much, um, we had lots of machines, which has now been reduced to one lathe and one mill. Mm -hmm. As we used to have three mills, three lathes, because we were permanently making things for the academics. Mm -hmm. And uh, so and over the years, the workshops gradually been downsized mainly because they want the space. <laughs> the major move was when we had to move out from the EPA site and downsize to a workshop half the size, which means we lost half machines. But by then the nature of the work was changing because um, I was constantly pestered by reps from different companies, scientific companies, to see what I was doing. And I was rather annoyed to find some of my designs were being copied and being brought back into the lab. Um, I should have it would be very difficult to patent them, mm, I was told, mm. which is a shame. And uh, Because the technology was known, essentially, it was a, 
Well, the, the um, scientific companies could see an opening with DNA, and I said at the time you, you couldn't really buy anything to do it. Mm. And the, the lab was at the forefront of DNA, DNA um, running gel tanks. But um, it was also quite nasty working with 5,000 power packs the size of fridges. And now they're just you know, tiny little things on the bench. Um, and a lot of the tanks have been made from fiberglass, and we had Bottoms Boatyard make the tanks. Oh, really? The platinum wires would cost probably I don't know, ten thousand pounds each these days. Very heavy platinum wires. And how many of those did you need? Just two in each oh, tank. Yeah. yeah. Um, top and bottom. And most of the work was done in the old um, Leslie Martin building, mm. which is we're sitting it's on top of where it was. Used to be <laughs> yes. Leslie Martin building. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, it was an exciting time. Yes, yes. So who, who were the academics that were mainly pestering you to make things for them? Uh, people like Henry Harris, yeah. George Brownlee, um, Eric Sidebottom was involved in this sort of work. And uh, we had a chap called uh, Williams, who would have been head of the department. Alan Williams, yes. Alan Williams, yeah. before she died. Mm. Uh, his group was foremost. Well, they did lots of radiation work as well. and. Um, so making radiation screens and that type of thing. So, um, and so I decided not to be a car designer and stay here because every day was so interesting. Mm. You, didn't, you didn't know what you're going to be doing. Mm, mm. I was doing everything I enjoyed. I was machining, designing, mending, and uh, and the fact the fact that these academics couldn't actually do any work unless you made the thing for them. Gave me quite a buzz. Mm, mm. And actually, having made it, I actually see them using it and getting results from it. But um, I think I think part of the challenge was to see what they were doing. And between us, we'd say, well, perhaps if we did this and changed that, we could maybe. And bit by bit, the everything was getting smaller. And the voltages were getting lower to where we are now with mini gels and 50 volt power supplies everywhere. Mm, I mean, there's mm. hundreds of power packs in the lab, mm. and mini gels. And, uh, and that's all because of the people I was working with. Mm. You know, put the, had the foresight as it was going mm. going to happen. So it was a sense of a collaboration between the Absolutely. research scientists and the, yeah. the technical people. Yeah. Plus that I was much smaller then. Mm. And I, could, I knew everybody and they all knew me. Yes, so that was still in Henry Harris's time when you were right. That's right. Yes, yes yeah. as you said. Um, yes. I, I did meet Flory a couple of times. Mm -hmm. and sort of popped in. And his wife. Is it Margaret Jennings? Margaret Jennings, Jennings yeah. she was, yes. yes. Um, so we, we bumped into each other. and. Um, so were you still working alongside your father initially? Yes. Yes. For, and so how, for how many years were you both? Oh, probably involved? 10 years, I should think. Right. And he was the boss, was he, as far as the workshop was He was, was my boss. Yes. But yeah. was, he, was he the overall person in charge of the workshop? Uh, yes, it was yes. his workshop. Yes. Yeah. Mm. He was the, it was then called the chief engineer. And I was a uh, workshop technician. We've now renamed the post facilities managers. And I'm the mechanical facilities. And my colleague is the electrical. So we, sort of, we split the workshop in half. Mm. Mm. Although we're in charge of... Um, we have an electrician, an electronics guy, and two technicians. 
So there's still a need to have people with those skills on site. Oh sure. Yes. Yeah. Although the a lot of the electronics is is designing and modifying. We don't actually make anything anymore um, because it's it's out there. Mm. <clears throat> um, but I'm still involved. I'm the only machinist. The other guys over the years are retired. Uh, people we brought in don't don't do machining. There seems to be a lack of machinists these days. So. My one of my roles is to make new equipment, like a machine on lathes and mills. Mm. So this is so it's still the case that you can't buy everything you need off the shelf. No, that's mm. right. Uh, and is that just because the scientists keep having new ideas for what they want to try and do? Uh, yes. Mm. Yeah, it's a case of um, as we have a spider group here at the moment, which uh, from zoology who've moved in. Oh, I didn't know that. And they're um, the spider silk people. That's right. Yes. Yes. And they've got lots of new ideas, but of course they can't get the bits made. They have mm. a workshop, so I'm, I'm helping them at the moment, mm. tweak things mm. and modify. So has that happened a lot, that people from other departments have come to you because the, the expertise is here? Uh, no. Mm. No. No, it's, it's mainly for people on site. Mm. Uh, just out of the time. Oh, they, <laughs> so I see. They're actually based here, the spider people. Actually, yeah, they've moved in. Oh, because is this because of the building being closed? Yep. Oh, right. So it's only so been since since workshop, February that they've workshops been here. Not, not there. Yes, I don't, I don't of course. The workshop people, but yeah. yeah. So we we're doing work for them now. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they're stuck. They can't go any further without mm. things being modified and made. Mm -hmm. So, what yeah. kinds of things are you making nowadays? For them. Either for them or for anybody else. Uh well, recently I've made some um, some holders to spin the, the the silk and it's just lots of things like modifying the bases they've got and, uh, and it's still things like cryogenic adapters when you, you know, try to connect an electron microscope to a cryogenic tank because one's American and one's English you can't buy the adapters well you can but you end up with something about a foot long <laughs> adapter and adapter and adapter mm. um, so things like that I can make, you know, so you've got American one end and English the end, mm -hmm. and all, all metric English. It's amazing how many things you still can't, you can't buy off the shelf. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm here potentially for another four years before I have to retire. <laughs> mm. But yeah, you've ended up making a, making a life in the Dunn School. As, as your, well, yes, was your I father have. in the Dunn School all his life as well? Or uh, he? No, he was, when he left the RAF, he worked as an electrician. But he was like me, he, was, um, he could turn his hand to anything. Mm, mm. So when he came here, um, he was deputy to the head of workshops. And the workshops was there, based in the old Dunn School, in the basement. And they outgrew it. Um, and that was in Flory's time, presumably. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so that was no longer big enough. And they moved, they had a purpose-built workshop where the EPA... Mm, mm. So what's, what's his workshop involved in making the um, machinery for extracting the penicillin? No. No. So Norm, Norman Heatley did no, a lot of that, didn't he? Yeah. Yes. Oh, of course, yeah. that was going, I'm going too far back, can't I? Yes. Mm. Much too far back. Sorry. But yes. I did work for Norman. He was a lovely man. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I knew him. And if we were throwing any old machines away, he'd, he'd be very keen to have it. He didn't like anything to be thrown away. No, <laughs> no, he didn't have it. I think, was it his shed or garage I went his into? Shed. Back oh, his house in shed, Old yes. Marston. Yes. And I was just amazed how much he'd got. Mm, things mm. We, we thought we'd thrown away. 
<laughs> but he was an engineer. Yes. And a scientist. Mm. You know, he, he was. Um, but I, I had a lot of admiration for him. In fact, he could, you know, as, as an engineer, he could see ways to make things. Mm. And it's now acknowledged the, the, the role he did play, isn't it? Yes, yes. Actually. Rather belatedly, but yeah. But that was, in some ways, that was more his bias towards engineering. As an en his engineering side could see a way of making penicillin. Mm, mm. Um, uh, like a lot of science, you don't quite know if it's going to work until you try it, but you, but you can't try it without the machinery. Mm, mm. So it's uh, kind of stuck. You can't get the machinery made. You can't test your ideas, can mm, you? Mm. So uh, Fortune's got the acknowledgement he deserves now. Yes, yeah. yeah. In fact, there's a room upstairs that's named the Heatley Lab. It's not actually the lab he used. <laughs> But uh, it's near it. Mm, mm, yeah. mm. But, uh, so did yeah. things change when when um, Henry Harris retired and yeah. and Herman Waldman came? Yeah. As far as you were concerned, did you notice much change in the way the department uh, ran? Not really. No. I, I mean, after Henry, it should have been Alan Williams, of course. Yes. Yes. And Alan had some lots of changes would, would have happened with with Alan. Uh, in particular, I, I live in the flat on the corner of the site, which is why people think I was probably born here. Right. <laughs> I live here. I live so here. And how, yeah. long, how long have you lived here? Oh, gosh. Let's see, my children are 35, so probably 45 years. Right. Yeah. I think I was no, probably not that long, probably 40 years. But your father didn't live on the site? Uh, no, it was a chap called Jim Kent. Oh, oh of course, Jim Kent. He's, yeah. yes, famous as Rory's technician. When I came here, we had the uh, animal house. Um, at the end, yeah, which was demolished to make way for the MSTC, mm -hmm. but they severed the flat from the MSTC. I see. So we were standalone now. Mm -hmm. And when I moved in, we, it was called the flat. We had the top floor, and the bottom floor was the hay store. We used to have um, cows and that pigs here. That was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, the technicians' restroom. And um, when my family grew decided we could have downstairs as well. So it became the flat became a house. And since then my children have left and the gardens fractured the size it used to be to make way for a car park. Um, but under Andrew Williams the flat would have been demolished and a, a research lab would have been put in its place. Which is why we bought a house at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Being prepared to move out any day. Mm. But, so when Alan died, um, the plans sort of went with him, mm, mm. and then Ompi was in the, the scheme of things. Mm. Well, the E.P. Abraham building went up first, presumably, but that, yeah. that didn't encroach on where, no, the, no. where the flat was. I mean, no. long term, yeah. the, the Leslie Martin was going to go. Yes. Make way for a very large yep. development. Where we're sitting which now. We now have. Yes. We're sitting yeah. in, yeah. yeah. And uh, for the first few years, this two years, I think, we only used two floors in this building and now we don't have enough space lots of, um, uh, so with zoology when zoology asked for space we had a tool to fit them in because pretty much everywhere is fully occupied mm, now mm. And it's, a, it's a very big site now it's surprising and we started with the building at the front and the building at the back mm. and then the Leslie Martin was built like when I came I think I was built in 62 was it? yes like early 60s I can't yeah. remember exactly the date yeah 
and um, I was always told it was it was modelled on zoology. I was so impressed with zoology. But it was building. A, it was the same architect. Yeah, yeah Leslie yeah. Martin. Yes, yeah. Indeed. And uh, my wife works in the law library, which is also a Leslie Martin building, and that's recently had a massive revamp, and they've taken asbestos out of it. Oh, but they didn't have to close it all down completely. No, in fact, with our Leslie Martin, um, they did it sort of a room at a time. So the groups would sort of move out of their room, mm. be stripped, and then move back again. Mm. And then to sort of demolish, they did a very thorough check over it and to what, what was remaining, not very much by then. Um, but the, the asbestos was all sealed in, there were warnings behind panels where it was. Yeah. It wasn't that much of a risk. Mm -hmm because we knew where it was. Mm -hmm. And nobody went there anyway, because it was hidden. There was actual construction of it. You know the construction of the Leslie Martin buildings, do you? Not really, I mean, I don't know much about, oh, <laughs> about okay. building construction. Well, most of it was cast, but yes. where, they, where they clamped blocks together, like the outside wall to the inner wall, they used stainless steel rods with nuts on, on the inside. And to stop the nuts going rusty, they coated them with a great blob of asbestos. Oh, I see. Okay, and when you took the panels off, you could see all these bolts and these nuts, and um, so they, they they put a massive blob of asbestos on. And when it was discovered, they then came along, put a massive coating of protection on top, a really really thick paint. So everybody knew it was there, but you just didn't touch it. <laughs> um, hot rooms and cold rooms were, were clad with the, the hard asbestos. Again, it was okay until you disturb it. Mm -hmm. um, so when it came to demolish it, we'd already done the work, the asbestos stripping. I, was quite, I rather enjoyed the Leslie Martin building. It was a bit of character to it. The, the Dunn School is my favourite. The old, the original the old building. building. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, it's a very nice classroom there, which was all hardwoods, and uh, and my children used to occasionally go in there and just amazed at the smell, it just smelled so <laughs> nice, with the polish and the hardwood. Mm. And that made way for a lab, fortunately. Mm. Well, of course, the lecture's now in the MSTC, so we don't need a lecture theatre. Yeah, yeah. So that's progress, isn't it? Mm. In some ways, it's a shame, because it's, it's a bit of history, isn't it? You think all the, the, the people, the stars of the future, are sat in a lecture theatre. and. Um, yeah. Okay. What else do you like to know? Um, I was just going to ask about the sort of social aspect of the okay. of the lab. Right. I mean, did did the technical and engineering people tend to sort of keep themselves to themselves, or did they um, no mix with no, when with the that was the only thing I liked about the lab. And all the yeah, other. the yeah. fact we had a place called the Kettlemill Hut, hut, which was an ex-scout hut, which is uh, which was where the, well, part of it was on the EPA site. A very nice garden. and We'd have lots of social gatherings and discos and there was table tennis in there and all sorts. Mm. I hadn't heard about that. Uh, yeah, it was, it was great because um, it was a very nice place to bring your girlfriend to and have a um, few drinks. So that, was, that made way for the, um, what was known as the mouse unit temporarily. Mm. And then now it's part of the EPA site. Mm -hmm. 
So things have changed dramatically since yeah. I started. So who ran the hut? I mean, who ran the bar? And that? Was it run by... Um, yeah, it's just everybody. Yeah, yeah. Volunteered. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And in fact, there was some technicians and academics, and everybody joined in. Mm. Mm. Well, I'm astonished that after 20 interviews, nobody's mentioned that to me before. Oh, OK. So how, for, for how long did that run, do you think? Uh, well, it was certainly there when I started. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and, and it was... I think the scouts took it away <coughs> and made way for the EPA. Oh, so the scouts were also using it, were they? Still? No, no. No, no. no. Donated by a scout troop who had to move it. Right. I think. <laughs> I think that's the history to it. It was a very large wooden construction. Yes, yes. Single story. Yes. With a, a nice garden that the parks looked after. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so academics would bring their children along and have a great time in the garden. And... Uh, yeah, the, the social side, because they're so, well, compared with what we have now, it's probably, what, a quarter of the people mm. that we have now. Mm. And so everybody knew everybody else. Yes, yes. And the places it's grown has become, well, for me, because I, the jobs come in um, on my computer and I see a name, but I, most of them I don't know who they are. I, yep. I give the job sheet to one of my people to go and have a look. Um, we'll probably never meet some of these people yes. while they're here. Whereas they used to presumably just wander into the workshop and yeah, say... Yeah, we had a hatch. And they'd turn oh, the hatch, yes. fill in a form, write it out, uh, which my, my dad would take and they decide who to give it to. This is pre-computer, of course. Yes, yes, yes. And that was the other great thing when I was starting it. Computers were just coming in. Uh, one of my jobs was mending the computers. And if we couldn't find one we wanted to build it, I'd get the bits make a computer and the hard drives are very reliable I was forever mending hard drives and it was it was great because it was all new mm, you mm. know and, and having mended probably a thousand computers now I probably don't want to mend anymore <laughs> <laughs> so well, I hope you let my electronics guy take that on yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, yeah things have changed an awful lot in yeah Forty-five years. Mm, mm. Yeah. Mm. But it's it's mostly just the, the the fact that there are so many people here that uh, and the and the remoteness of the working through using computer that oh, sure. means that you're not personally in touch with everyone in the way. No, that's right. Mm. Yeah, it was um, very interactive, very hands-on, mm. and I, anyway, I miss that. I can't admit. Yes. And the, the people here will never know how it was. Yes. Yes. And has, has the turnover of people in the workshop stayed steady? Or I mean, do, do people yeah, my stay for life or do they go on elsewhere? Um, electronics chap has now been there 12 years, I think. Electrician for eight. That's only through retirement. The yes. People before we retired. Yes, so those, the, those people before yeah, have stayed that's pretty right. much. My, my technicians have replaced people who've retired. Mm, mm. And every Christmas we have a, a Christmas meal with the old guys and uh, have, have discussed the good old days mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> which is quite enlightening to the younger lads you know how it used to be of course there's only one we have, must do it more often it's just one day a year at Christmas we have a get together mm, mm. so there's a tremendous sen- sense of, of loyalty really to the institution oh absolutely mm, I mean mm. the people have worked here so it was the best time of their life you know it was such a such a great place to work and the variety of the work as well. Mm, 
Um, and, and presumably you, you must feel respected for your expertise. I mean, all these you know, starry names in the scientific world who come through here uh, can't do what they do unless well, it's, you're there to It's back interesting, them up. yeah, because the people that make the equipment don't usually get any recognition. No, <laughs> I'm aware of that. And unfortunately, uh, my friends who've left England and done engineering around the world have been worshipped as gods almost as an engineer, I mean, especially in the States. And um, I think pretty much all of them are retired now. They've made enough money to retire. Mm. And I'm still working. <laughs> <laughs> and they're engineers like me. Yes, you know, we, all yes. went, we all did the same thing. Yeah. Um, they went on to do great things in, when they left England. I mean, England has they have a lot of respect for engineers, really. They're quite keen when engineers make a mistake and something goes wrong. But uh, without engineers, there wouldn't be anything, would there? Mm, mm. Or designers. I think that's probably what I'd like the best. The fact you design something, then make it, and see it through, and then see somebody using it. Mm, mm. And if it doesn't quite work, then you tweak it. And there's always a discussion, especially when I was going to work for BMC, you know, what happens if you actually design the ultimate car? You design the car that can't be improved. What, what are you going to bring out next year? And so it's always a case when you're designing, you want to keep something in the back of your mind for next year. You mm -hmm. know? Okay, I won't put it all into this one just yet. That's, that's car design anyway. Yes, yes. Um, whereas certainly in scientific field, you need to ideally get it right first time. And you're looking ahead to Mark II. So when you're making Mark I, you're thinking, mm. and you can be frustrating because you're making Mark I thinking, well, I could do that a little bit different. But if you, carried, if you did that, you'd never have, Mark 1 would never get no, out, would it? No. So you, you give Mark 1 to play with, and then they come back and you make Mark 2. Mm -hmm. And then you tweak Mark 2 to Mark 3. <laughs> and uh, I think that's the exciting thing, in, well, it was in science, the fact you can see results and people writing papers. And occasionally you have a mention at the bottom, thanks to Pete Stroud for making this. Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, and it's nice when people come back and look in the workshop. And uh, uh, so, yeah, good time here. Yeah. Mm, yeah. mm, Taught mm. me everything I know. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. I think that's plenty. Thank you very much.